Good morning, afternoon, or evening to our listeners who have tuned in for our 13th episode of The Artful Nutmeg. Today we are traveling down under for our 2023 Women's World Cup preview show. The action is popping off July 20th with a slate of great matches. Whether you're totally behind the USA, the Lionesses, or just genuinely interested in what's happening, we'll give you all the info you need so you can sound smart in the pub. I am one of your hosts, Tom Ferguson, and with me is our other host, Daniel Wise. Daniel, how's it going? Tom, uh, Lady, our our dog is is shedding a lot because she's just chomping at the bit for all the World Cup action, but also we're hitting record highs in the United States uh, that are something, reaching something like we say century <laughs> level, like. <laughs> uh heat indexes but um no uh we've already had a pretty wild start um to the women's world cup so we're recording this on thursday uh the the day after they kicked off and uh yeah we had a couple of interesting matches uh the matildas uh australia beating the republic of ireland and then new zealand very surprisingly Winning one nothing against Norway. Yeah, New Zealand, very surprising. <laughs> yeah, I think um, I think we sort of expected Australia to win. Um, the big story that came from the Australia game was that they were missing their star player, uh, Sam Kerr, who had a reported injury just hours before the game started. And um, then there's one more game that's happening tonight, actually. Yes, so we've got Nigeria and Canada happening at 9.30 p.m. Um, and I'm, I'm in an awkward position because I am a cable cutter and I actually don't have like YouTube TV like uh, my wife and I. We just have kind of our collection of like Netflix, Max, and um, I want to say like... Uh, one other streaming service that we kind of uh, switch between. But, you know, we're not really like cable or, you know, kind of straight up channel users. And uh, they these matches are on like they're strictly Fox. on Fox. Um, but that requires you to have a cable subscription or, or I don't even think there's like a. Uh, like when I looked at the Fox Sports app, um, I was like, okay, maybe I'll be able oh, to stream yeah, it. That, and no, that th- app is useless. It really is. And it gives you an hour uh, of of watch time for like your, you know, forever. Like you get one hour to figure out if you want to get it or not. Or or even what? like, you, it's like, no, you have to like link it to whatever cable pro- provider you're with. And so I don't have cable. Yeah. and. So now I'm gonna have to uh, pirate some some streams coming up. So I got um I either got some links for you or um, what I have is I have Sling, which is pretty cheap. Oh, yeah, I have to look um, into Sling. It's I like it a lot. They so when it first started, it wasn't great, mm-hmm. um, but they really improved it. And yeah, I mean now it just feels like I it basically take like the top channels that people have cut out most of the fluff and then like you know you get what you want and you can choose um you can either do both ones which i think total is like 50 bucks a month or you can pick one or the other which is 25 gotcha so yeah i don't know i think at the end uh i I will probably check out whatever links you have and yeah uh, i got i got some yeah. Um, but no, uh, so it's just kicked off. And of course, uh, we are kind of diving into, I guess, our our personal uh, investments in, in sort of who we're going to be watching closely. And obviously, that's with you uh, being a, an, an Englishman. Uh, so you got to support your your lionesses and me being a, an American. Well, uh i have to red blooded american yeah i i have to support support the troops support the team (laughs) (laughs) um no it's funny because we were talking in the pre-show and uh you were kind of bemoaning the fact that like your your england matches are at like four or five a.m three (laughs) a.m somewhere around there and the united states like we're getting pretty good 
Prime uh, time. Yeah, airtime in terms of like 8.30 p.m., 9.30 p.m., but then one uh, 2, 2 a.m. match, which is the Portugal match on August 2nd. And, you know, we kind of figured it out is because like the way they're showing it is England in England is that those matches will play in the morning uh, at like right. 11, 10, 11, 11 o'clock. Yeah. And I'm like, well, you know, if you're going to live in America, you got you got to watch American <laughs> teams. <laughs> and that's sort of where we're at. But we're going to kind of dive into things real quick. So, um, Tom, if you want to give us kind of like a brief overview of what this world cup is all about where it is what's happening we can go through the group stages uh and then we'll sort of dive into uh you know i'll cover the usa you'll cover england and then we're gonna kind of bring it together with some players to watch and then some some news that's that's all world cup women's football oh yeah so this is this is very much that kind of episode today so yeah tom if you want to want to talk about yeah, it a little of course bit. yeah of course so i think at this point we all know what a world cup is yeah <laughs> a a tournament of the best countries in the world and which happens every four years both for the men's and for the women's now this women's world cup as we said is kicking off july 20th and this month long tournament will be just as exciting as ever. It will be the first women's world cup that is going to feature more than one host nation as the tournament will be jointly hosted by Australia and New Zealand. So it'll be 32 teams, just like in the past men's world cup with the top two teams from each group advancing to the knockout stage. The final will be held at Eden park in Auckland, New Zealand. And I really hope it's at a good time. If it's at five in the morning, I would be so upset. Um, the current champions are the United States, who have held dominance for over a decade. Is where they at three in a row? Um, I, I is it four? Well, yeah, I'm trying to think. If it's it was three, like, it's it's either like they're going for their third in a row, and I okay. I, I I wonder if it's going to be their fourth total. We will I'll have just, to see. Yeah, yeah. To, we can. We'll put it in the notes, guys. We'll put it in the notes. Um, yeah. <laughs> so the current champions are the United States, who have held held dominance in the women's game for so long now, and they defeated the Netherlands two to nothing in the 2019 FIFA's Women's World Cup final. So going on to the U.S., we have Daniel talking about: Are they going to be continuing their dominance? Yeah. Uh, so I, I totally believe so. And, uh, I am checking on that real quick just to make sure, uh, with their world cup wins. Uh, so they've had eight appearances first in 1991. Uh, they've been champions in 1991, 99, 2015, 2019. So if they win, it would be their third in a row. And fifth overall. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's gross. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> but here's the interesting thing is that the gap has been kind of closing. Uh, so I was looking at uh, the the 2023 uh, Women's World Cup odds. And you've got United States at 225. England at 375, Germany at 650, Spain at 700, and France at 800. So those, that's a, in terms of betting odds, like those are pretty decently close gaps. Uh, Now you do kind of drop off uh, way, (laughs) way below once you start kind of getting down the line. But uh, what you're seeing is that like the investments that uh, women have been fighting for uh, over the years, particularly in the U.S. with uh, like, you know, not not only the uh, kind of closing the pay disparity, but also improving facilities and um, conditions uh, for women or, you know, just sort of like training conditions. Uh, for women. Now, we've had some uh, sort of problems with club teams um, with abusive coaches in recent years. Um, 
But you are seeing that like England particularly has been uh, ramping up their investments, you know, sort of in the 2010s. And, and now you're seeing them getting very, very close uh, to, to perhaps usurping the uh, U.S. women. So I'm kind of interested to, to see what happens there. Yeah, I think it'll be, you know, it's it's been, it's been I feel like it's been a long time coming. Obviously, we want we want to see more growth in the women's game. Um, the U.S. had a very good start on that and had talented players from the get go, mm -hmm. going all the way back to Mia Hamm ages. Um, and you know, it wasn't it wasn't really broadcasted or had the attention that it deserved for you know two decades yeah <laughs> um so it's it's good to see you know better late than never yeah um to see that sort of development that's happening in other countries you've got england you've got spain germany you know these are all countries that had have strong men's teams but it's good to see you know that that strength is going across into the women's game as well so to answer your your question, uh, I, you know, about whether or not the U.S. is going to continue their dominance, um, here's what the team is looking like this year. So the U.S. Women's National Team closed out the 2010s by being crowned the champions of the 2019 World Cup, which took place in France. Uh, the new decade sees a national team that hasn't lost a step. They won both the 2020 uh, CONCACAF Women's Olympic Qualifying Tournament and the 2020 She Believes Cup. However, due to the pandemic, the 2020 Olympics needed to be postponed. So on July 21st, 2021, the women lost 3-0 against Sweden in the opening group sta stage match, which ended a 44-match unbeaten streak. The U.S. would go on to beat New Zealand and tie Australia to secure the second spot in the group stage and move on to the knockout tournament. They first beat uh, World Cup runners-up Netherlands by first tying 2-2 and then advancing via penalty shootout. They advanced to the semifinals where they faced Canada but lost 1-0 because of penalties scored by Jesse Fleming. They would then beat Australia in the bronze medal match 4-3. In July 2022, the team competed in the CONCACAF W Championship. The U.S. Women's National Team won its group, outscoring opponents 9-0 in the group stage, and then won the semifinal 3-0 against Costa Rica, and the final 1-0 against Canada. By reaching the semifinal, the team qualified for the 2023 World Cup, and by winning the final, it qualified for both the 2024 Summer Olympics in France and the 2024 CONCACAF W Gold Cup. The U.S. women's national team touts a defense full of star, uh, stalwarts such as Alyssa Nair and defenders Crystal Dunn, Kelly O'Hara, Sofia Huerta, and Emily Sonnet. The midfield is stocked with talent, talented players such as Julie Ertz, Lindsay Horan, Rose Lavelle, and Christy Mewis. And up front, teams will have to deal with the likes of Megan Rapino, Alex Morgan, and Trinity Rodman. And just in case that name is ringing some bells for you, yes, she is the daughter of NBA legend Dennis Rodman. And she is, oh, she's an incredible athlete. And she is a huge reason uh, why, was it 2021 or 22? It was 21, I think, that uh, she she helped the Washington Spirit uh, win the NWSL title that year. So she is explosive. Wasn't that like her um, first year, she, too? Yes, it was. And she absolutely just lit it up. Um, so she's 21 years old. Um, an exciting talent, and like I am really looking forward to her uh, scoring some goals. But I mean, gosh, you know, you've got Alex Morgan up there too, and like she is just an absolute hound. Uh, and then Megan Rapino, she is a threat as well. So like, in terms of that attacking three, like that's just going to be so exciting to watch. Um, so national team manager Vlatko Adonofsky employs an aggressive 4-3-3 formation that can fluidly allow wingbacks to move up the pitch and create threats on attack. The biggest issue facing Adonofsky is the fitness of Julie Ertz, 
who he depends on as a holding midfielder who can pick up the gaps when wingbacks move on attack. His rigid philosophy and lack of ad- adaptation could cause problems for the team, which is why the U.S. fell short in the final in the uh, to to reaching the final in the last Olympics. So uh, he definitely depends on like a strong. It's it's very much. I mean, it's kind of like the Ten Hag system of having that midfielder who sort of fills in that role of, of, you know, sort of shoring up the defense while wings go on attack. Uh, And then, you know, obviously like uh, with the likes of like Rose Lavelle, uh, she can kind of like roam around. So like he likes that sort of uh, aggressive, you know, giving players some freedom to be fluid, but also that holding midfielder position is so, so important. And just, yeah, with uh, Ertz, you just have to, you know, you have to kind of watch her and, and she needs to stay healthy. So I'm, I'm going to be keeping an eye if he like stays very much in that 4-3-3 spot. If Julie Ertz goes down, what's he going to do to sort of adapt to that? Uh, is he going to try to like fill in that position? Or is he going to maybe add some more numbers in the midfield with like a three, uh, like a three, five, three type of look? Uh, or uh, maybe like a more conservative uh, four, two, three, one type of setup. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. I'm, I'm uh, looking forward to uh, what he does with that. And in case you want to check the notes, I do have an article for uh, from all for 11, which kind of breaks down the tactical looks that Anonofsky is going to give in this world cup. But enough with uh, the best team in the world. Um, Tom, I want to hear your case for why England is going to be the new crown champions in this year's World Cup. Well, <laughs> that's that's a very big maybe. Um, this England team, which <laughs> has been very successful in the recent past, uh, they helped win the women's zeros in 2022, uh, which is a tournament, which is for the best teams in Europe. Now this was huge for England as a country, as they ended a over 50 year trophy drought from the nation. Now being the strongest England women's team to date, will be hoping to break that hold that the U S women's team has held on the football world for about a decade. They've got players like Lucy, Bronze, who was the runner-up for the Ballon d'Or this year. Mary Earps, who was the FIFA Goalie of the Year. I actually have some recent news to share on her a bit later. And Alessia Russo, who is deemed one of the best wingers in the world, who just made her move to Arsenal. Now, England has a very good chance of getting very far in this tournament, and even possibly winning this. The only downside of this is they're missing... Some of their very big players. They're missing players like the captain of the team, Leah Williamson, and one of their other star players, Beth Mead. Now, they have some other good players as well, where we have to talk about Millie Bright in the defense, who is, I don't know, what, I don't know what's a better name. She's sort of like the Hulk. She is, a, she is a strong, powerful player who is just fantastic yeah. at being able to hold it back. Now, they also have midfields like Georgia Stanway, Ella Toon, who is a young star for Man United. They have uh, one of my favorite players on the team is actually Beth England, um, which is a fantastic okay. name. They also have Rachel Daly, who has been tearing it up, um, who is the top scorer in the Women's Super League in England this year. And um, yeah. of course, they have Georgia Stanway as well, who is doing well in uh, Bayern. Now, the thing is, my honest prediction for this is this could be the best ever chance for this England women's team to win the World Cup ever. Um, They're an incredibly strong team. They have good quality and some good depth as well. Now, looking at the lineup from what was in the year 2022 final and what we're entering the World Cup with, it's really different. Um, it's about six mm-hmm. or seven players different, which is for a year, a year difference is pretty massive. Um, they've had the same coach 
for a while who has been absolutely fantastic for the team. But, you know, even after the 2022 Euros, England looked like they were a stronger team than the U.S. Now, mm-hmm. that that is a bold statement, to be fair. Uh, but I think right now with the injuries and the number of new faces that have been brought in, their absence will hurt the team's chances of winning the tournament. Now, I can say this because, I mean, you can look at, you can look at their, their run-ins right before this tournament began. They, um, they lost to Brazil 1-0. Um, these are mm-hmm. their three games right before this tournament started. So it was in the past month or so with the squad. They lost to Brazil 1-0. They lost to Australia 2-0. And then they tied Portugal 0-0. Um, which, as an England fan, does not give you a lot of confidence. So I personally, while I, I'm hoping they're the team that's going to end this dominance by the U.S., there's a lot of doubt in there. And we also have to think about a lot of the other great teams that are in there, uh, Germany and Spain as well. Yeah, um, for sure. And, uh, you know, it was it was very interesting kind of looking back at the 2019 uh, World Cup. It was in France. And, man, I remember watching them early on and thinking, like, this team is going to be on top. Like they, they breeze through their group stage. Now, most of the favorites did breeze uh, through their group stage matches, you know, sort of collecting the full nine points out of it. But what impressed me the most watching France is how good their distribution oh, was. Yeah. And uh, just, just from their backline defenders, like they were hitting bombs uh, you know, probably 40 yards out. Um, and, and so like, yeah, I, you know, (laughs) they are very much in that discussion. Uh, they, you know, uh, in terms of like the top, top players, um, we, you know, Spain is definitely like very strong. Uh, when we kind of talk about our top five players to watch, uh, they've got a couple players who are very special. And when it comes to the United States, uh, they are getting up there in age. So I've got them uh, pulled up here. And, you know, it's funny because like a lot of these names are like established like they've they've just been here for so long and it's sort of like oh no <laughs> what's coming you know so you know we have Alisa or Alyssa Nair who is 35 then you've got um Kelly O'Hara at 34 um and then uh Crystal Dunn at 31 then you get to mm. the midfield and they're still fairly you know young comparatively uh Chrissy Mewis is 32 uh, and Julie Ertz is 31. And then you get to the attackers, and you've got uh, Megan Rapino, who is retiring at the end of her her club season, and this is her last World Cup, and she is 38 years old, oh. uh, followed by Alex Morgan, who's 34, and then Lynn Williams, who is 30. Now, they do have uh, some younger players who are definitely coming up and some younger players who have uh, some decent World Cup uh, experience, particularly uh, Andy Sullivan, uh, who's had 45 caps, uh, Rose Lavelle with 88 caps, and she's only 28. So, um, you know, the, the, the team is looking solid kind of going forward. But again, yeah, some of the ages, uh, some of the fitness has been in question, uh, particularly Sam Mewis uh, before the World Cup was ruled out for it. So that was kind of a loss. And yeah, you know, uh, it's going to be it's going to be weird, you know, sort of like looking at the future and what what this team is going to be looking like once, uh, you know, sort of like these, you know, legends of the national team, uh, you know, eventually call call it done so you know yeah uh i'm i'm just kind of interested to see what happens yeah i mean i think this is a world cup that's gonna be and we can go into the players to watch but it's also important to talk about players like martha who even if Mm -hmm. you're not a big follower of the women's game you've heard the name um this is her 
Oh my god. I I think I saw this for Rapinoe and Marta. I think it's their fifth World Cup. Which is yeah. which is twenty years. <laughs> which yep. is absolutely crazy. Um but Marta is such a great, you know, sport sports athlete and person, just like Rapinoe as well. Um two two people who just wreak positivity. So, uh, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be an emotional World Cup. It's going to be a great World Cup, and I'm very interested to see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, but, yeah, so moving on, you know, sort of like, yeah, our top player, five players to know. Uh, starting off, we have uh, Alexia Putellas. Uh, she plays for Spain, and she's the current Ballon d'Or winner and FIFA World Player of the Year. She's a creative, versatile midfielder who can score goals, create chances for others, and led Barcelona to a treble in uh, 2021-22, including the UEFA Women's Champions League. Uh, Next up is Sam Kerr, uh, who plays for Australia, also known as the Matildas. She is currently injured, and she was ruled out, yeah, like you said, hours before their opening match. Now, she is not... As as far as we know, or as as far as you could tell, like it's not she's not out of it. So uh, for good, it's either but, yeah, it's either something happened in training really recently, yeah, or it's something they knew about, but they were like, oh, she's not going to be out for the whole tournament. We can, you know, mm-hmm. we'll be able to bring her in at some point so she is the all-time leading scorer for the matildas and one of the most prolific striker strikers in the world uh she's a powerful and clinical finisher who's also capable of creating chances for her teammates and won the golden boot at the Mm -hmm. 2022 afc women's asian cup uh next and this is a name that that we brought up in the show (sighs) is marta and i want to say i think she was was she part of your uh Correct me if I'm wrong. Was she in your football Mount Rushmore, Marta? Um, I want to. She may I have. She been. was. Yeah. I, I could be wrong. That that was like our first or second episode. Yeah, I think it was our second episode. Is, but she's a gem. I have so much respect for her. She's awesome, and she is the all-time leading scorer in women's World Cup history uh, with 17 goals. Uh, she's a gifted dribbler, goal scorer, who is still one of the best players in the world at 36 years old. Like, that's that's crazy. Uh, you know, <laughs> Rapino at 38, Marta at 36. Uh, and then, um, yeah, man, I think Sam uh, Kerr, she like 35, 36. She's, she's up there as well. Oh, I have no idea how old um, Sam Kerr is. I hope not. I love it, watching her. Well, and that's... I know. And like, yeah, uh, we've been kind of spoiled because like, yeah, they've those three in particular have been around forever. Like, uh, you know, since I mean, yeah, man, that's wild. So uh, next we have Alex Morgan, who is a two time World Cup champion, an Olympic gold medalist, a beloved score, goal scorer who is a dangerous playmaker. She scored 11 goals in the 2019 Women's World Cup, including a hat trick in the final. And uh, in an article I, I read today, Haiti center back uh, Claire Constance said, Morgan never turns off. You have to keep her your eye on her for literally my 90 minutes. And she... She's just dangerous. She just finds those moments uh, to put games away. And last but not least, we have Aitana uh, Bomati, who also plays for Spain. Uh, She's a versatile midfielder who can play in a variety of positions, Uh, a gifted passer and dribbler who is also a good goal scorer. And she won the uh, UEFA Women's Champions League with Barcelona in 2021. Um, So... Of those names, you know, who who do you think makes the biggest impact in this World Cup? Ooh, out of those ones? Um, yeah. Usually I would I would go with the Ballon d'Or winner, but she had a injury um, in the season. So I'm wondering how fresh yeah. she's going to fully be. I would... Man, I'd, I want to say Aitana Bamati. Um I think she. I'm 
I really think the Spain team is better than people think it is. Um, you know, I think they're a bit of a sleeping giant, and I'm very interested to see how she does in general. In terms of striker, Alex Morgan is always a threat, but I think with Trinity Rodman coming in, it'll be really interesting to see how much time Alex Morgan is given. Um, given you know, given her age, given um, you know how much time she'll actually be able to play, I would be, I would guess it'd probably be you know a sixty thirty sort of switch. Um, you know, Alex, you get sixty minutes to play. If it's not working out. Then we're gonna bring in Trinity, mm-hmm. um, sort of the gung ho type, and um, yeah, we'll we'll have to see. But there are so many different stars in this. Um, yeah, I think you know players like Alicia Russo will be very important as well. Yeah. So yeah, there's there's a lot of different stars, and the nice thing is, is they're not all on the same team anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well. And, you know, in terms of the last World Cup, um, some some of these teams who rank very closely with the United States um, very much like met their end (laughs) in the knockout rounds. So the United States had Spain in the uh, round of 16 and they lost one uh, to two, then went on to face France, and it was another 2 1 uh, win for the US. And then England. Oh, yeah, that game. In the si- semifinals, 2 1 to the United States. That game was crazy. And then that was crazy. Um, what do you remember about that one? I remember being super upset. <laughs> but it was, a, it was a good team, but it was a young team. Um, yeah. So I think what I'm I'm much more confident now. Um even given the injuries um but with the Euro winning and you know the sort of talent that's come up especially with some of the young players like I said Lissy Russo, Ella Toon, uh Georgia Stanway. Mm-hmm. I really I really have you know good hopes for them to go far in this tournament. Um you know, semifinals was last time. Let's make it finals this time and see what happens. Um, it, I guess it it all de- depends on how that that grouping ends up. I was up, about you know, to after, say, just don't put us on stage. the same side. Of, uh, just don't put us on the same side uh, as the U.S. in the knockouts because I want that final. Right, um, but no, yeah. Looking at uh, a bunch of those matches, um, you just had some really close games and like you you know it's it's sort of like it's it's kind of a bummer because you had really good teams facing off at (laughs) against each other in that first round so again yeah you had france brazil uh spain united states uh england cameroon well england cameroon was three nothing so that's (laughs) a little bit but you also had a banger between the netherlands and japan and that ended up uh two one so yeah no that's that's really funny kind of looking at this bracket uh a lot of games were very much decided by one goal um, so if anything, like that's, that's something I'd love to see this year again, is just sort oh, of great that, matches, you know, yeah. just great matches. Uh, and, and definitely like it, in an ideal world, you have those heavyweights make it through to the semifinals, to the finals, maybe have like a Cinderella match, uh, or a Cinderella team, uh, you know, ruin some dreams, but it was very much like, to be honest, like even looking back, like th- it was almost like the United States was celebrating their coronation before the tournament <laughs> even started. Yeah, that's fair. And then, well, and and sort of like in context of the world and how they viewed the United States at that time was you had Megan Rapino doing her, you know, spread out like um, Randy Orton. I'll never forget the tea drinking celebration. And then Alex Morgan with the tea drinking. That's now on FIFA. Uh, (laughs) Literally makes me sick. And that, um, 
he, I just remember, yes, like a lot of the news articles was like these classless Americans, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? I love it because if this gets, you know, a lot of these European federations and associations to finally invest in their women because they want to show yeah. these a-holes like a thing or two, then, yeah, do it. I want you to I want you to be so mad because the United States, you can't beat us you know especially yeah in terms of like you know the relationship to england yeah these these dumb little hick colonists i'll tell you one thing it worked Uh, (laughs) it definitely worked no because uh you were talking about uh manchester united you know they finally got a women's team uh in 2016 and you know so finally you're you're seeing investments you know obviously like that was before the 2019 world cup it was super early they were not good it was it was a wake-up call and i'm i'm happy to see the gaps closing and seeing some teams like approach this with like okay we're we're behind our teams now uh particularly i'll talk about uh france in the news and and sort of a pre-world cup marketing campaign uh that if it, it i think it was nike uh doing it and so yeah uh i'm i'm just excited to see what happens this year yeah and you know going on to the news i know we don't have this in our um in our notes for today, but it's uh, pretty interesting. It just came out today. It's about the England goalkeeper, Mary Earps. Um, I don't know if you saw mm-hmm. this, but Nike is not selling her jersey. Um, her goalkeeping jersey, and she's literally the FIFA goalkeeper of the year. Oh, that's so weird. Why? So what's Apparently, going on Apparently she's that? been internally fighting it. For like ages, and they don't think it's profitable enough. Oh man, isn't that bad? Well, that's that's it's uh, really bad. And she came out. She really came out today bad. with the whole thing, being like, "I'm really like, I've worked so hard. Like, it's disappointing and insulting. You know, yeah. like that's that's what for the goalie of the year. Yeah." And keeper kits are rad. Yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't own any. I'm about to get an Onana jersey. <laughs> I'm going, I'm going to bat, and I'm like, but they, they are, they are really rad. Um, and and I need to start investing in some keeper kits, uh, especially if like cool ones come out. But um, yeah. So going into the news, uh, France, um, or I guess no, this wasn't Nike. This was just uh the France. Uh, national team yeah. association um putting together a uh yeah kind of a highlight reels but um soccer fans are buzzing about a women's world cup ad featuring france men's stars killian mbappe and uh antoine griezmann or so it seems at first uh the so this video shows yeah griezmann and, and mbappe and i think a, a third player uh you know showing like these highlights of them scoring these crazy goals you know nutmegs and you know rondos and all this stuff they're uh you know bicycle doing all kicks. Sorts of stuff uh yeah bicycle kicks scorpion kicks this all all that stuff and um anyway so it's showing all this stuff and then the uh, footage rewinds and the VFX editing process is revealed, showing that the skills and goals are actually all of those as France women's players, including uh, Sakina Karachawi and Selma Bacha. So uh, that was a super cool ad. Um, because I mean, for, for one thing, it shows that like the... Uh, Quality in soccer is, it, I think people are too much like, oh, it's girls. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, they're so slow and they can't do anything. They're not doing cool stuff. Oh. Yeah, those arguments <laughs> always crack me up. <laughs> and um, it's it's showing that, no, you idiots, like the, the skill gap is non-existent and like, these players are incredible. And so if if you couldn't tell that this wasn't Mbappe or Griezmann, uh, then then, you know, uh, here's what the truth is. And, yeah. you know, you should be 
celebrating and and yeah, uh, supporting them. Also, so video, I thought video that was editing is cool. so like scaringly awesome. How good it is! It's really they can take wild. a live and, clips and edit it as someone else. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's scary. And, and the thing is, yeah, it it is completely like uncanny. Um, I think for, for the most part, like I, I kind of had a feeling like, okay, this is pro something, you know, is going on with this. And, and especially you're, you're seeing Mbappe and he's, he's not, he's in his home kit, but he's not playing at the park to Prince. So I was like, okay, I kind of get what this is doing. But at the same time, like when they showed, uh, just how they were imprinted right. over the women's players, like I was like, that's absolutely wild. And I, I just just a really cool ad. So that is in the notes and uh yeah, uh super cool. So if you get a chance to check it out, it's it's, it's a an great awesome it's a great one. I actually watched that like a little bit time before the episode and I was like, "What?" But yeah. uh going on women are staying in EAFC 24 ultimate team. So for the first time ever, women and men will be playing side by side in the infamous and controversial ultimate team mode. And because women like Australia's Sam Kerr, all-time leading Australian international goal scorer, National Women's Soccer League, all-time leading goal scorer, and the only woman to ever win the Golden Boot in three different leagues spanning three different continents are ranked the same as France's Kylian Mbappe. They both have a ultimate team rank of 91 based on metrics like dribbling, speed, and physicality. Gamers are upset. Hold these tears. Yeah, like <laughs> so what? And, and that's sort of the so it's not the just the fact that the women are included in ultimate team. It's you can fee field essentially a co ed soccer team I think that's in, awesome. in <laughs> ultimate team. Like that's so wild. Like uh yeah, no, give me Trinity Rodman, uh Leo Messi and Neymar. And and I, that that's that's my ultimate team. Yeah, I love it. Um, I'm definitely gonna have Ella Toon running on the wing <laughs> for sure. I'm looking forward to that. Um, uh, so yeah, no, I I think it's super awesome. It's it's bad that like you know people get so upset about you know kind of the women and video games. It's just go play a different game. So <laughs> bad look. It just sucks. Um, but yeah, though, like you said, play a different game. Um, but, uh, so then next got an article about the superstars playing their last women's world cup in 2023. Uh, this year's world cup presents a string of superstars, uh, on their one final chance of leaving their mark on the global stage ahead of their biggest world cup ever goal has outlined some of the players you need to keep an eye on for, uh, because you might not get a chance, uh, after this tournament. And I'm just going to look in here. Obviously Rapino is big. Uh, Marta is also on this list. Uh, Christine Sinclair from Canada, Alex Morgan, that hurts so much. Cause she's so fun to watch. Uh, I, Eugenie Le Sommer from France is also on this list. Uh, Marin Mialde from Norway. Uh, Ali Riley from New Zealand. Uh, Alyssa Nair from the United States. That also hurts. Uh, Sharita Spitze from Netherlands. And Kelly O'Hara also hurts from the United States. Uh, Caroline Seeger from Sweden. And that is the list. I have a question uh, for you. Uh huh. Do you think um, this U.S. team after this World Cup deteriorates in talent in a big way? So I know it's a hard uh, question because it's like four years. You know what could happen in four years is a lot. But it, you could, yeah, we could totally have another Trinity Rodman, Rose Lavelle, Kelly O'Hara, just kind of like waiting in the wings, uh, you know, sort of at that uh, college level. I mean, um, he just looked at me boy. and just went, no. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, yeah, no, going through, uh, you know, we still have 
uh, I think there's some some good growth kind of waiting in the wings. Uh, Naomi Gurma, uh, she was a first round draft pick uh, for the NWSL. She's going to be a really solid defender coming up. Uh, really like Emily Fox uh, and Emily Sonnet. Uh, I think those two are pretty solid. I think I think Emily's going to have another World Cup in her, despite being 29. Uh, you've got Ashley Sanchez, who's 24. Um, Lindsay Horan is only 29. Rose Lavelle is only 28. Uh, Andy Sullivan is 27. Um, yeah, so it's, it's when you get to the attacking part of it, you know, just being that Alex Morgan and Megan Rapino have been so entrenched in those positions, I, I, you know, I don't have a big read on the likes of Alyssa Thompson or Sophia Smith. So, you know, might be interesting. But again, you know, uh, this is interesting. Sophia Smith uh, has 30 caps uh, and she's only 22 years old. So uh, she's got experience, I think, you know, and especially like Trinity Rodman. She's going to be here forever. Yeah. So it's going to be fun seeing her play for the next few she could be the next house morgan for all we know for all well you know she she is very much a a winger uh she is going to be explosive uh will she put up the numbers uh that morgan has i don't know uh so she is currently uh on 18 caps at four goals uh Mm -hmm. you have alex morgan 207 caps and 121 goals so ah you know will she rise uh you know i i think you know the u.s needs to find an out and out striker uh a a true number nine uh to fill in alex morgan's shoes so we'll see what happens you know and and i think again uh when it comes to aronofsky uh in his approach uh, is he going to have the pieces to make it work tactically going forward? Right. Um, it's 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 always a weird question because you know I, I think the national team coaches who do best are the ones who can adapt because you kind of have to, uh, being that you're sort of piecemealing. Now again, the best players from your nation, but. They come from different systems. They they have different approaches, and so it's it's finding a way to best suit the situation. So we're gonna have to see, especially with Julie Ertz and and her fitness, uh, how things go in in this year's World Cup. So I'm I'm excited and I'm I'm feeling good, but there are definitely questions going forward. Yeah, that's fair, and I think. Anyone who's supporting their home nation definitely has some questions that we've got coming up. And especially one of those is Australia. They do have the quality to rule the world. We we did talk about Sam Kerr earlier, and I actually mm-hmm. went and checked um, her age. She's not as old as we thought, so that's good news for Australians. Oh, good. She's um, She is 29. So gotcha. she's just been quality. So they do have... The Australian side of the bracket, you have Canada in their group, and then Spain and England as the two teams most likely to deny the hosts a spot in the final. Now, beating, they did beat the Lionesses convincingly back in April, and you'd be brave to bet on them. Now, mm-hmm. I think I feel like with host nations, unless you're very low in the rankings, um, you know, like when Qatar hosted, it was like, okay, they have they have yeah. some stuff, but I I have doubts. Germany when they hosted the World Cup, Brazil when they hosted the World Cup, they got far into the knockouts both times. Um, mm-hmm. So there's always there's always a little bit of home court advantage for these teams, and Australia has a real chance of doing it. Uh, yeah, and then uh, New Zealand uh, getting their win uh, against you know. Uh, in that particular match, the probably the favorites in Norway. So kind of looking at it, uh, if we find Norway on our World Cup at odds, uh, they are at plus 6,500. And then you've got... Oh, where is... Uh, 
New Zealand, they are at 15,000. So that is wow. uh, quite the gap over over double the, the odds. Um, I don't know what any of them. What do odds mean? I, I am not a gambler. Um, so <laughs> can basically we have, can we have a sidebar here. Yeah, yeah, I got you. So let's say a team <laughs> is um, is worth. Is like plus. One hundred twenty. Right. Uh huh. So that basically means if you were to bet a hundred dollars, you would win a hundred twenty bucks. Okay. Right. If a team is thirty five hundred plus thirty five hundred, if you bet a hundred dollars, you would get thirty five hundred bucks. Okay. That's sort of the way to do so. it. Um, where like ugh, the minuses is always harder for me. The minuses is like. You would basically have to bet if a team is like minus a thousand, you would have to, I think you'd have to bet a thousand to win a, to win a hundred bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. So, Ugh. so this is why obviously people always bet on underdogs because it's usually a better chance of going for the favorite, but you can also get quick money that way. Um, yeah. I'm not big into betting. I just. Yeah, I just didn't understand the numbers once, so I was like, I need to figure this out. <laughs> well, I remember when I was studying in London once, uh, I was hanging out with the pub, and one of the dudes I was hanging out with, like, went to one of those betting boxes or something. Oh, yeah, they're on, like, every corner. <laughs> yeah, they are, and he, like, put some money down, and the guy, like... Put that like he it was something where he thought he was betting odds like two to three or something like that, but he was actually like betting on the score line or something. Oh and yeah, they're, like, so there are different bets. You can have like full game odds or like <laughs> okay um, chances like to win by a certain amount or what the score line's going to be, who's going to score, basically anything. I mean, you can bet on how long the national anthem is. Oh, that's wow! That's so nuts. Betting, betting is crazy. I mean, we need a whole... Gambling is weird. Yeah, we need a whole other episode just to talk about it. I, f- I feel like that's that's an episode we need to get into because you've got so many betting places that become like shirt sponsors. But then Chelsea has a brand new sponsorless shirt this year, and it looks really nice. And I'm like, man... Should we just get rid of we sponsors? Need, we need to, yeah. We need to dive into why sponsors shouldn't exist. Yeah. If, if a club <laughs> is successful enough, they shouldn't need a sponsor. Exactly. But... Um, Anyways, so that is, uh, yeah, I will include this, you know, just in the show notes so you can kind of get a look at like what kind of this spread is uh, between all the national teams. Um, but if you are, are you on Google at all or, or do you have the Women's World Cup schedule pulled up at all? Uh, I do not, but I can really quickly. Yeah, if you want to do that. I'll cut, I'll cut this part out. We're at about 54 minutes, 15 seconds. All right. And three, two, one. So for the schedule coming up, obviously on Friday, we've got teams like the USA who are playing Vietnam at 9 p.m. Eastern time. Some other big games are obviously going to be Spain and Costa Rica, which is going to be very early in the morning. Now, the group games are going to be on and off going all the way through to the beginning of August, which the final day will be on August 3rd, which a funny matchup. If you think back to the Men's World Cup, which is South Korea versus Germany, if Mm -hmm. we can remember that from the Men's World Cup. But we also have some fun games like Portugal and USA on August 1st. Um, Either stay up late or get up really early for that (laughs) one, guys. And, of course, Japan and Spain, which same deal, either stay up late or get up early for that one. But that is on the 31st. Um, The Mm -hmm. round of 16 is going to be from August 4th through 8th. So we've got four days, four or five days of some amazing games. And we're going to be going all the way through the quarterfinals, August 10th through 12th, then the semifinals three days later on the 15th, mm-hmm. with the final happening on August 20th, which is great because then the leagues start up again around that time as well. So nonstop footy people, that's what we want. 
this is why I watch the sport because like it never stops. Never. Ends. I've said this before. It never ends. Like, you know, people, I, I remember when I used to watch the NFL and it was like, it, it was so bad because like really it was sort of like the NFL was the only uh, sport I would watch. Um, and especially like college football as well. Like they kind of ran parallel uh, to each other. And so you'd have, you know, this months long stretch of football and then it would be forever because you'd have the Super Bowl in February. You'd have the national championship around the same time. And then you are waiting until August and you're not even hitting combine until April. Oh, yeah. And then it's it's like, oh, it was the worst. But now when you watch soccer, you get everything everywhere all the time it's great um kind of looking through the schedule myself and uh yeah like i am seeing some interesting matchups like i definitely want to uh tune in for yeah united states netherlands uh australia nigeria that one could be interesting uh england denmark interesting sweden italy that's like one I, i think it's like Yes. So if there's a date you should keep in mind, I think for sure, uh, Saturday, July 29th with Sweden and Italy, France and Brazil. Those are and at least like where I am. Okay, so those are (laughs) not realistic times because at least where I am in central time, it's 2.30 a.m. for Sweden, Italy, and then 5 a.m. for France and Brazil. But I feel like those are fun fun matches to catch live yeah uh and then portugal usa yeah that's gonna be super fun china england i I want china to get an upset there (laughs) um but yeah no i i am just super excited about all this and um yeah we are coming up pretty soon here on in hour but uh tom i just want to thank you so much for taking this dive uh with me into the united or yeah the united states winning you know their fifth uh world cup Uh, i think it's going to be (laughs) oh my god you know this is hey i don't know i might be falling into into a trap here uh sort of counting chickens but <laughs> top if you want to let people know where to find you where are you on the socials yeah so guys on instagram you can find me at ti ferguson 94 and then of course on twitter you can find me at snitch mcconnell and daniel please let the good people know where they can find you and find the artful nutmeg yeah, so you can find me on Instagram at Professor SDFC and on uh, Twitter at Daniel605Wise. I've given up on threads. I haven't checked that app since I downloaded it because that thing is a mess. Anyways, don't look for me. On there, but, uh, <laughs> don't look for me. The, <laughs> the uh, that's where I'm gonna. That's where I'm gonna start my burner account of uh, just anime and video games but uh no you find the the artful nutmeg uh both on twitter and instagram if you search it out uh a thank you to all who listen to our show and support us tom this has been such a fun episode i am very excited to kind of like dip into this and and give some updates uh to the world cup uh i know we've got some things kind of cooking in the background uh particularly an interview that we are working on yes Um, we're not going to speak too much on it but we are going to have an episode at some point that dives into the FIFA controversy that happened. Oh, I might, uh, I might have a second one too. Oh, we might have a second interview too. So, but for sure, we're going to dive into uh, some of the shady sides of FIFA. Uh, I like, I kind of like the idea that we just came up with today on, on betting sponsors and how scuzzy that is. Uh, But also, yeah, like, no, that concept about sponsors in general is interesting. But until then, I want you all to remember 
to be well and watch more soccer.